I'm glad you have continued to be a part of my study this week because it's really important that we stay together on this because we're talking about the product, the fruit that God produces in the life of the believer that allows him be the Lord of their lives and how when we allow Jesus to be the Lord, he works through us and he, he loves through us. And we were talking about the fruit of the Spirit and we've talked about the fruit of the Spirit is love and now we're talking about the fruit of the Spirit is joy. That is, joy comes out as the product when we're letting Jesus be in control. And, but see, the, the amazing thing is, not, not only is God the source of our joy, he becomes the object of our joy. Viktor Frankl, a psychologist, said, joy only can make life meaningful if the joy itself has meaning. It is mean, its meaning cannot live within itself. It lies outside of itself. For joy is always directed toward an object. See, true joy is something that God produces in us as we obey him and trust him. But it's always produced toward him. The Bible says in Paul's words, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. You see, you can't rejoice in your circumstances sometimes. You can't rejoice in what's going on around you. You can't rejoice in world conditions. You can't rejoice in people. They fail. You can't rejoice in the instability of life itself, but you can rejoice always, every day, no matter what, in the Lord. And if our joy is dependent on anything other than the Lord, we will not have joy. You see, if my finances are good, I have joy. If uh, everything's going well with my family, I have joy. If I'm physically not sick, I have joy. No, that's not it. We can't live that way. That's the object of our joy has to be the Lord. And as he's the object of our joy, then whatever the circumstances are, whatever the situation is, we can have that inner joy. We can have joy even in persecution. The Bible says that the ones who had the greatest joy were those who were persecuted the most. It's amazing that that's always been true down through history, not only in the New Testament, but even since then that the people who experienced the worst seem to be able to exude the greatest joy because they are so dependent on the Lord. So even our difficulties, James said, consider it all joy when you encounter trials, when you go through various difficulties. Realize that you can have joy in those trials because you're depending on the Lord Jesus. So if you have joy, you must have Jesus and you must walk with him. Have you lost your joy? It's possible to. Sin erects a barrier between us and God. If you put a penny in front of your eye, it shuts out the power, the mighty power of the sun. And if you put a sin between you and God, it destroys your joy. David in Psalm 51 said, Restore unto me the joy of your salvation, God. I've lost the joy of your salvation. Because of my sins, forgive me and restore my joy. And he went on to say, Make me to hear joy and gladness, that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. God says, I, I have to discipline you. I have to do some things in your life to bring you to that point where you see your need for joy and forgiveness. And so I do that by doing something really special and showing you how much I love you. So today, just rejoice in the Lord, not in anything else. 
If you're rejoicing in anything else, it won't last. It's not deep, and it's only surface, and the slightest thing will destroy it. But if your joy is deep, deep, deep in him, you can have it. It's like that place in the ocean that's so deep that if it storms up on top and the waves and the billows roll down deep, it's calm. And that's what your heart and life can be. But he also says that the fruit and the product of the Spirit is peace. And I think everybody wants peace, peace of mind, peace in our personal hearts, peace between us and our family members, peace in our relationships, peace in the world. But there again, peace is a result and a byproduct of the Holy Spirit being in control. And, and people don't understand about peace. And God wants us to have it. He wants to give it to us. And it's often defined in negative terms, like the absence of tension or the cessation of hostilities. Well, that's true, but that's not enough. Real peace is more than something that isn't. It's something that is. And notice that God's provision of peace is found in the word shalom, which actually has it has been and still is in Israel, the greeting which people give to each other rather than hello, they say shalom, peace, a sense of well-being, personal fullness and depth and completeness and wholeness. And peace comes out of order and it comes out of obedience and it comes out of dependence upon God. It comes, the Bible says, from the God of peace. And it is where the Bible says God will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on him. If we put our minds and our focus on God, we can have that peace. And the peace that he gives is not something that a person outside of Christ can enjoy. That's why people are always never satisfied. The Bible says in Isaiah 48, there is no peace for the wicked. They're like the sea waves that just tumble and toss. They don't have peace. They do not know the way of peace, Isaiah said again in chapter 59, verse 8. They have no peace because peace comes from God. He's the source of peace. He gives peace. The simplest explanation is, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives, give unto you. He offers us his peace. If we receive him and we trust him in a world of trouble, in a world of tribulation, he gives us peace. But there's a progression to this thing of peace that I think is really important for us to understand. And that is, first of all, there is peace with God. Now, that comes, the Bible says, that if we trust Christ, we can have peace with God. That means the war's over. I'm not fighting God anymore. I've unconditionally surrendered to him. Disobedience leads to disorder and disorder leads to defeat, and defeat leads to dismay. And when we trust Christ, he takes that away. Have you made peace with God? Have you said, Lord, I don't want to fight you anymore? Our hearts will never rest, says Augustine, until they rest in God. And so he offers the cross as the means by which we can have that peace and come into that peace. He also says we can have peace of mind, and this is a, a different kind of peace. This is the peace 
that passes understanding that the Bible says pray about everything and give thanks for all things and God will give us his peace which will be like a fortress to guard us. And we're going to talk more about peace, quite a bit more about it over the next few days. How to have it, what it looks like, and how to share it with others. I hope you'll be with me and participate in some great times as we do this together. God bless you. Have a great day.